So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. Five Minutes with A.J. Black, the publisher, editor of BC Eagle Insider and host of the daily podcast, Locked on BC. It's something you want to have on your podcast platform. Thanks for joining us, A.J. Hey, thanks for having me on, Jim. Uh, uh, it's great to talk to you again. It's good to talk to you. It's good to see you. Yep. Um, top to bottom. Let's talk about what's ailing Eagles football this season. I mean, it it all starts with the offensive line. Uh, start the season, they had no returning starters. Christian Mahogany, they're all ACC guard. Uh, tears his ACL um, in a non-football-related injury. So he's gone. Uh, they struggle uh, to find it. I know Halfley said that they went looking in the transfer portal, but because of NIL issues, they couldn't figure out anyone they could get that would be better than what they had on their roster. They come into the season, they've got five new starters, um, varying degree of uh, time on campus. And it w- and it was just the first drive of the season against Rutgers. What happens? They're backed up and Drew Kendall botches a snap and they're down at the two yard line. Uh, and that kind of just sets the tone for the year. And so the offensive line has uh, not allowed the run game to start. They're dead last in the country in runs. Uh, rushing yards, they uh, have allowed one of the most amounts of sacks. Phil Jakovic's getting crushed, uh, which has killed his confidence. He does not look like the same quarterback. I think there's other issues going on there too. But for the most part, I think he's hearing a lot of ghosts out there because he knows that certain guys out there on that line that are not holding their blocks long enough and he's going to get hit. Uh, so their offense isn't doing much. When their offense is doing much, the defense is asked to do too much. Defense hold on as much as they can, which they've done in years past. And they dissipate and they um, they fall apart by the second half. And that's kind of been the story of every game so far this year, except for, I mean, even Louisville, they kind of still did that, but the offense at least got going. Yeah. Kind of dominoes, I guess, yep. where you're laying it out here. So top to bottom, that's, uh, it, it starts one place and just continues to go through the entire team. Yep. Um, you know, Phil, in, in my eyes, was a an NFL prospect. Yep. What has this done to that? So there's a couple of things I feel like that have really hurt his uh, draft stock. So last year he had that wrist injury and there's part that, you know, I, I, he came back quick and he hasn't thrown the, I, I feel like some of it has, he hasn't thrown the ball the same sense. And that could be and from what I've heard from doctors and such that that's kind of normal, right? When you break your wrist, it changes the body, uh, the bone structure and things change. But in terms of, his in-game play, like I said, like he's not making his reads anymore. He's focusing laser in on Zay flowers, which he's really good. So you should, but he's not, he's not capable of doing what he did before, which is to find those open guys and, and to get those big plays. And it's really, it's really hindered the offense and BC has no option behind him. Uh, the fans are really clamoring for Emmett Moorhead, but I think that would be a complete disaster. He's a red shirt freshman who didn't play in high school. Um, he's not ready. And he's not mobile with, with a offensive line like that. At least Dracovic can move and try to like move the pocket a little bit. Moorhead can't, he'd get killed. And then, um, so you're, you're kind of stuck with Dracovic and 
you know, he's in his, what I thought would be his final year. I, I honestly went into the season saying like, if he gets his health together and stays healthy, he would be an NFL draft pick. He's absolutely not. He's, he's not, you know, he's not in any conversation right now. He, I think we might've over, um, we were, we were very kind to what his, his ceiling was. And it's showing right now that he's not that kind of quarterback. And maybe he's got one more year of eligibility after this. And I, I, I would say, and I've said it on my podcast, like if he, if he returns to college football, I would put money that it's not with BC. He's uh, going to try to get a fresh, a fresh, uh, yeah. fresh outlook somewhere else. I would think. Yeah. I, and I guess based upon what you're telling me that there's not enough there for him to really want to come back to, to be uh, protected and to, to make something happen. Well, I, it's going to be interesting. Mahogany should be back next year. And then some of the guys that got hurt, I th- I think like Kevin Klein is, was okay. And you'll get Trapillo. He'll be better. You know, he's had some tough spots. Um, and I, I, I do think Halfley is going to hit the transfer portal this year. And I've, I've heard some buzz about BC actually having NIL money. Finally. Um, I've had a couple of donors reach out to me to talk about it, uh, which Check out a lockdown BC. Hopefully I'll get them on in a couple of weeks. Cause I really want, I know fans have been dying to hear about that. Uh, but um, if you know, there will be, he's got some good wide receivers coming back. Joseph Griffin, a true freshman's looking really good. And uh, Jaden Williams will be returning, but you won't have Zay. And I know Zay's like his go-to and if he's gone, I, th- I think, I think Phil will be gone. Yeah. That's, a, that's an NFL draft. Uh yeah, right there. That's I'm yep. looking forward to seeing how how high up he goes. Um, some of these problems that that you're going over here uh, in some teams, these are the types of problems that, as a team progresses, that head coaches can find ways to sort of uh, maybe season the players or yep. get things worked out. And but is that the case? with Halfley here with uh, is he, is he going to have any success in fixing uh, this team as the season winds down? Um, I, I don't think so. I think the offensive line is so severely broken. I mean, they've got, and I hate to blast a kid, but they've got their right tackle. And I'm not going to say his name has his last game, he let up six pressures, had three penalties, had a sack and three hurries. And this is like his week to week. And this is his guy. He just went on his press conference and talked about his this kid's leadership and all this stuff. If that's the best that they have and you trotting this kid out because he does it every single week, BC hasn't, he's a tackle. They're in, there's no, there's not going to be any improvement. They don't. And I, from what I've heard, they don't have anybody else. So (laughs) I think that if, 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 if they didn't have the injuries, if they had still had a young offensive line, Mm -hmm. I feel like they could have progressed. And I think Halfley and I talked to their offensive line coach during media day. And it's exactly what he said. He goes, we're not there yet, but I think as the year progresses, you'll see us get better, but no one predicted that they lose two guys. uh, They have two guys out. Uh, for the year already, they have a third that's got a broken wrist. That you know, they're bang- one Ozzy Trapillo's banged up. So th- I, unless there's a miracle in that offensive line, I just don't see it happening. Let's go back to the very beginning when Jeff Halfley came in, and yep. we'll include this season as well because we have to. Yep. Is Halfley delivering the goods? Is he delivering the goods now? Uh, 
and the fans will tell you that, right? Like they'll, they'll ask you, like, if you ask a fan, what will they say? They'll say, where has BC improved since Steve Adazio's days? Wins are not up. The recruiting rankings are up just a little bit, but not significantly. The offense is down. The defense is uh, around the same special teams is a mess again. So they're just right. They're back to where they were. And, you know, the offensive line is a major issue in that. And if we get into the hot seat kind of talk, that's where I'm, I'm not there yet because I need to see that this is like a, a really fluky thing. And, but I mean, it's like two straight years, right? You had Jakovic out last year. That was bad. And then this year you have like your entire offensive line depth chart gone. Um, but like one more year, I, I think, but like the fans, the gleam of Jeff Halfley is gone. Like the fans really against and Jakovic too. Like fans are against both of them right now. Um, it's, it's not nasty yet, but like, um, for instance, I, I heard from a student, a student reached out to me to tell me that Halfley was going around the mods, which is the, like, um, like the senior living area that they all party at. And he was going around before the game, uh, I, and they were laughing the students because they took a picture next to him next to a fire Halfley sign. And they thought it was the funniest thing. And he like kind of joked about it, but like, that's kind of where he's at. Like the students don't respect him anymore. Like his, his like good nature, which believe me, uh, if I had to cover a bad team, I will take Jeff Halfley a thousand times over Steve Adazio because Steve Adazio's uh, keep it PG. <laughs> um, and at least the players still buy into Halfley. The players did not buy into Adazio near the end. Um, but I, I think like you're starting to hear a lot more question marks and rightfully so. So you think maybe one more year? I think so. Okay. Yep. Before the administration steps up and says, look, uh, yep. we got to go in a different direction. Yeah. I, th- I think one more year is probably, I mean, I, I said on my podcast, you know, three wins is awful. And to have to sit with that for eight more months is going to be real bad, but go out there, hit the transfer portal, address the needs this team has. You have, and I good job of bringing in depth. You know, they're rolling out six defensive tackles, six defensive ends. They've got some, some areas where they are deep. Their, their secondary is banged up, but they still have enough guys that are good that are going out there. Uh, but you know, things like quarterbacks, offensive linemen, um, what was the other position? Um, tight end. They're always needing tight ends. Um, hit those in the transfer portal, and maybe you can get a little bit of buzz. Like if you go out there and and really land a decent quarterback in the transfer portal for next year, that could kind of flip things around. And I think that would be it. Uh, but the other thought, I was I kind of got myself derailed there. But if BC th- this weekend they play UConn, and if BC loses to UConn, forget it, forget it. You go a season losing to Rutgers and UConn and that's dark days. I'm telling you right now, like that, that's, you can't do that. Like UConn is one in 11 last year. They've been absolute garbage for a decade, like bottom of the barrel garbage. You let them beat you that, that then we're talking about what, what I I, I would imagine donors are not going to be very happy about that. And that's when you're going to start hearing some buzz, but I, I don't know. I don't as bad as BC's playing UConn. They're not, their offense is, is still crap. So I don't, I think BC's defense is better than people giving the credit. I mean, like, yeah, they got smoked two weeks in a row by Clemson and wake forest. Right. 
Like yeah, yeah. the five and 10 team in the country, right? right. This is UConn. They're a very different, they're a different, different beast. So we'll have to see what happens. So you, you briefly alluded to the, the, the fact that the players were still on board as opposed to how Steve Adazio lost the yep. players toward the end. Uh, do you see any movement there um, among the, the mood of, uh, you've already said the fans are not, not on board. Um, you've kind of scratched the surface a little bit with, with some of the alumni and supporters, Yep. Uh, but the players, if you lose the players, man, it's like, it's gone. So I haven't heard any buzz of that. Uh, there were some rumors of uh, some players being held out of last game. Um, I haven't got any confirmation on that though. And no one's asked him. Uh, I think it, it, all you get from this, right. It, you know, like a lot of college programs, they're very closed off practice. I, I tried this year. And the practices that you could go to, you can go for 10 minutes at the beginning, watching them stretch and then sit around for two hours outside of practice where you can't watch and then talk to the, talk to the media. So like, I'm sorry, I'm not doing that. <laughs> like I'm not getting anything watching these guys stretch and do like some basic drills. That's all it was. So like, I couldn't get a sense of what the, the, um, culture is like there because they just, they won't let you see it. So you see what they tell you that you can see and what they're telling you is what Jeff Halfley said in his press conference this week, which is I didn't even have to tell them uh, how proud I am and how we're going to build off of this. And this week, you know, you know, you guys are going to pick yourselves up. One of our players did that for him. And is that true? I I trust Jeff. He's a nice guy. I've talked to him. I got to know him. Um, And, but that's what you're going to hear. And who, who knows? Like there's always two sides to the story and they're not going to, they are absolutely, he's, he's a master politician with that kind of stuff. And he's not going to tell you if anything's happening. It's not a good sign when you start cutting off access to practice and you get a lot of coach speak. The, yeah. That's not on him. That's BC. It's been, it was like that under a daz too. So it? okay. it's, it's just, it's just the, the way things are. Right. It's just that it's what the school has done. And I'm sure the coach is like, oh, that's what you're doing. Cool. Let's keep doing that. Um, but for someone who has like, you know, I give premium access to to my readers and stuff when they're like, so who's the starting five offensive linemen that you saw out there? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so about eight of them running around. They, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and so there's that kind of stuff. You don't get the, you don't get that, but he, I also know from, from working with Jeff for three years is that or covering Jeff, excuse me, I don't work for him covering Jeff mm-hmm. is that he, he's kind of like Belichick in a way where he guards information so tightly that he thinks could be used for any advantage, like injuries, forget it. Like you're never going to find out anything unless Pete Thamel tweets it out the day of he, he, he leaks out stuff to, to Pete. Um, and that's all you're going to see, but there's guys that have been missing. There's a guy, one of their starting wide receivers didn't play against Wake Forest. No one knew why, because he didn't say anything, but that's the kind of stuff like, and I get that. Like, I'm not, I'm not judging Jeff for doing that. I think that's what you do, right? Like you, you don't have, like, I, he doesn't owe me anything, but I think that's kind of what his, his program is like, is like, you know, we're BC, we're kind of far behind. We got to make sure that we take every advantage that we can get. 
And that's what it is. And yeah, that's what it is. And it, and it kind of makes sense the way you laid it out there too. Yeah. Uh, five minutes with AJ Black, a little bit more than five minutes, but we'll take as many as we can get with AJ, the publisher, editor of BC Eagle Insider, host of the daily podcast, Locked on BC. Thank you, sir. It's good to talk to you and uh, get a little feel for what's happening with Boston College. All right, Jim. It was a pleasure. Talk to you later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7.